He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. I think that hardest part has really been setting, I don't want to say setting my foot down, but in a sense of realizing what our business needs and how we can do better for each individual if we stick to what we know here. And that's been, and I've been really adamant with my team about that, where things go wrong when you break out of the norm. I call it stubbing my pinky toe. I don't want to stub my pinky toe anymore. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, welcome back. Another Minute with Minute with Nathan Smith, who leads the U.S. sales with Minute. And we're going to jump into what is audio ID exactly? We hear about it. I love the technology. But let's explain it a little bit more for the listeners. So audio ID um, specifically came about with our new sensor. Because it is uh, weatherproof and can be used outdoors, we built a feature in that would detect and remove things like wind noise from the audio data so that you're not getting false positives. Uh, Because obviously we want you to know when there's an actual party issue or loud noise in general that pertains to your guests. So we use machine learning to allow the sensor to know when something is wind or some other form of noise. And this is something that we will continually be improving and expanding upon over time. So if you do have false positives, Uh, let us know. And it's something that will continue to improve to determine, is this construction noise? Is this traffic noise, et cetera, to make sure that the alerts that you're getting are actually about noise. I love it. You heard it here first, folks. A minute with minute. And now back to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Will Slickers. And as always, we have another amazing guest for the show today. So I get to welcome Allison Bailey, who is not just an awesome short-term rental operator, but she's a young, professional, awesome short-term rental operator. And we're going to dive into her story today. But Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. How are you? Yes, thank you so much, Will. I am just absolutely pumped to be here. As I told you before we had started, I'm feeling prepped to go. I've been listening to the Hospitality FM catching in. So I'm very excited today and kind of share where the craziness kind of all started. Let's segue right in. I'm curious because you and I, we got to chat and your your story, I would say we all kind of accidentally fall into or accidentally get into or whatever we the phrase is into short-term rentals. But yours is very unique in particular. So I'd love to take us to the beginning in the sense of where was that light bulb moment for you when you're like, this is the direction we're going to (laughs) go? Yeah, absolutely. So at the time, I was living in Texas. It was kind of my thing after I had left high school. I just kind of bounced around for a little bit, traveled around for about four or five years. And my mom is a real estate agent. She's been a real estate agent for about over 30 years now. And she had given me a call. It's like Tuesday or Wednesday. She said, hey, Allison, I'm wanting to know if you want to come home and if you want to check out a seminar on vacation rentals. She was like, because I'm getting a lot of questions about it. And it's something that we don't have inside of our network. So I'd, I'd love to take you, love to take you and see what you think. And I attended one of the state meetings. And that was where my light bulb hit in. A little bit before, it's always that thing where it's like, yeah, everything seems like a good idea. And then you get in there and you think, wow, I could really, really get my hands dirty on this, really get my hands dirty on this. So that is kind of where the brainchild had started. My, My mother starting that and then needing someone really to kind of man everything, run everything, be the face. And so that's kind of where we're here now. I love it. And so let's go backwards a little bit before we jump into how you've 
kind of cultivated not only a culture but a operation and just an overall day-to-day business and you're you know reminding me of our pre-chat you're telling me how seasonal it is for your market and this was that was one of the mind-blowing things for me where i was like what is really that seasonal like you have such a short period but it's such a full-time thing throughout the year for you so going backwards into your let's say middle school high school days what was that like were you the child that a was super like go-getter or did you i don't know not feel like you knew exactly where you wanted to go right after high school and that experience through being in texas yeah so that's i never knew what i wanted to do in kind until i stumbled into it when i was younger when i was in high school which is not that long ago (laughs) i was very passionate towards people, kind of always have been. I started working when I was about 11 for my grandparents. They have a campground, so they're in hospitality as well. So I spent my summers working at the campground, baking fresh muffins with my grandmother and scooping ice cream and anything else that entails that anyone else needed. And actually, funny enough, I flunked my SATs because it was the same day as prom. And if you could take a look at this, you can kind of see that I had my priorities aligned that day and it wasn't necessarily the SAT. No. So I signed up to retake it. No, not at all. So I signed up to retake it and it's the night before I, I got the whole guidebook and everything and I hadn't even opened the page. And I came downstairs and I am just crying and my mom is like, what's wrong? And I was like, what? I just don't know if I'm going to make it through college if I can't even retake my SATs. And it was a very strong thing in our household where you're financially independent. We started being financially independent when we were even younger, but especially once we turned 18, if we were going to college, it was something that we were taking care of ourselves. And I thought, mom, I just, I don't know how I'm supposed to pay all of this money and have the potential to fail these classes and take that responsibility. And she said, Allison, all you need to do is you need to work hard. You need to be a good person. You need to contribute to society and you need to take care of yourself. However you do it in between is entirely your business. So I said, thanks, mom. And I found a website called backdoorjobs.com and I moved to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) And I I received my first level of professional scuba certification. So I'm actually a dive master. So I got a little over 200 dives under my belt. And after that, I just started popping around a little bit more, a little bit in the Midwest, a little bit out on the West Coast, kind of jumping around until I was in Texas and then found myself back home. So the whole people aspect, the hospitality aspect, the taking care aspect is just the color of my blood. I just, I don't know anything else. It's just always where my heart has been. Mm. It sounds like it's like a natural thing for you there with school flunking SATs. Obviously like prom was that like, come on, what high schooler? Even my niece who is so antisocial and she only like loves to read books and do all this stuff. She still went to prom and I was like, come on, I knew you were going to you know, want to go to prom. It's everyone wants to go to prom, no matter how social or not you are. It's come on. It's high school. I so, mean, it's prom. When, exactly. One PM rolled around and I said, D E A F G I got to go. Got, yeah. Got, I got to go. Exactly. Get into the limo. Like done. Yeah. Out. And <laughs> yes. so, yeah. No, that, that makes total sense. But were you, would you consider yourself like, were you a naturally book smart person in high school? Were you a straight A student? Did you struggle with school? Because there's a, another common thread I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs, not just in the space, but entrepreneurs in general. School was not maybe A, like you said, top priority or B, their best skill set where they barely make it or they drop out or whatever the scenario might be. So I'm kind of curious from you, were you naturally just gifted in that area? But you're like, once hit prom hit, like you said, you're out. Or was it a struggle for you as well? Schooling was always a struggle for me. On a full transparency, I almost flunked out of high school by missing single class. Now, that was not allowed in our household. And our only job growing up was to graduate high school. My mom got a little bit anxious about it, but I knew I always pulled through. (laughs) I knew I always had it in me. But school was definitely just not my strong suit. It was always more... I was always just there for the for the social aspect. I mean, other than the obvious of kids attending school, but it was really the part. The sports were always big for me. The team aspect of it was always big for me, and my friends were my friends were a huge thing for me. So, it's funny doing what I'm doing now and kind of looking back or like having outside conversations in that term. 
and comparing yourself a lot as well to those that do have a higher education or do have more experience in that aspect of it. But when I started this business, I got started in business for dummies and uh, <laughs> read on through and did as much as I could and having my mother as a resource as well. But a lot of it comes from the self-taught aspect of it. Really getting your hands dirty again, finding out what's actually going on, what's right, what's wrong. But the whole no plethora of knowledge from the books, I'm street smart all <laughs> yeah, day long. Street smart with a mix of starting a business for dummies book. A little bit of text. A little bit. A little bit in there. And now I have been gotten into the habit of when I hear a good book, especially like inside of our industry, taking up to to read those as well. But my information, knowledge, and retention always came from doing it firsthand. Walk me through your experiences in Mexico. I'm a big fan of Mexico. I lived in Mexico for a month last year just because I was tired of the Denver cold. But what were some big takeaways or expectations maybe that you had going into it that either A, didn't go the way you thought, or B, went completely the opposite, but in such a positive way that influenced you to where you are now and like kind of like stuff that you apply today? Mexico did change my life for me too. At the time when I had left, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I said, scuba diving sounds cool. Let me go ahead and try it. And again, relating back to where I'm at right now, I'm not really the person that can fit her outfits in a backpack or carry on size wasn't really my forte. So I came in with my nice big suitcases, almost everything I own, my high heels included as well from the street of Mexico. And one of the first few nights I got there, we were in this, we were all in this chat together and we all lived in separate housing. They provided housing. So we're all in separate housing. And little old me's messaging, guys, where's this? Guys, where's that? You know, I need help this. And one of the dive instructors, her name is Yasmin. This sticks with me. I tell this story. I want to say once a week. <laughs> and she came up to me and she's got her British accent, which I'm not going to do because I'm not going to insult anyone with my horrible accent. She comes up to me. And at this point in time, it's already been out of 10. She's like, listen here. She's like, I know you just got here. And I know, obviously, this is your first time traveling. She's like, but this isn't how life works. She hmm. said, if you want something done, you do it yourself. You figure it out. You can ask other people, but don't rely on other people. If you're hmm. going to go in there, you got to pull yourself up and figure it out because you got yourself here. Now you got to get around. And that just, like I said, really hits home to me in a lot of aspects. And I do it in a lot of comparison with my business practice as well. When I'm doing something, whether it's owner-related, team-related, or guest-related, I'm making sure that they have everything that they need or at least the resources to be able to assist themselves in doing it because that part really stuck with me. And I think you see that with guests a lot too. Just the convenience-wise, and I think that's where it was for me as well, the convenience-wise to ask someone else versus figuring it out on your own and finding that self-sufficiency. So I really try in that aspect, but also driving that point home to myself, which is, yeah, you can figure it out yourself. You can yeah. find it. You can do yeah. what you need yeah. to do. We grew up in the age of Google, so things are oh. pretty. You mean my best yeah. friend? Google.com? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. my exactly. near and dear? My number one <laughs> exactly. Facebook friend? That's absolutely right. Yeah. No, I love it. And this is... It's such a fun journey and I would love to kind of see, so you get back, your mom's like, hey, there's this thing called short-term rentals. Would love to have you come check it out. Maybe it's something that you would like. You come back, you're exposed to it. You realize you can get your hands dirty. What's the first thing you guys do? What's, what was this? And I also kind of want, I know a lot of people, especially in our age group, when a big life change happens or is about to happen and we know it's about to happen or we're about to move or we're about to change careers or start a business or make a life choice with a significant other or whatever it could be, right? There's always that piece of maybe not hesitation, but like, okay, this is about to be a new chapter. This is about to be something different. This is about to change the direction of my life currently or what I thought it was going to be. Did you have a moment where you had to kind of self-reflect and be like, okay, this is a change. This is a shift. Or did it not click until maybe later on? Yeah, it wasn't really a click for me until later on because the aspect of me being able to be good at anything I do as far as work-related 
I've always felt confident in that. You know what I mean? I've always held long jobs. I've never been fired. I've always been the shift leader. I've always been the manager position. So for me, it's hunky-dory. This is great. I can do this. I've done this before. And it's always that really the end goal that keeps you pushing, right? Which is what you, sh- what you hope for, which in my opinion is early retirement and unlimited resources and things like that. So you drive toward that. And then about a year and a half to two years later, I said, that's, that's so far, I almost can't see it anymore. And so you mm. repace your thinking to what's here right now is already not working. So it's like, mm. it's kind of, for me, I kept going back and forth where I was like, oh yes, this is the end. Oh, we're going there. This is where we're going. And that's, hold on. We're fixing right here. We're working right here. We're readjusting right here before we get over there. So it didn't really hit me. It didn't really hit me until about a year or two later when it's just me and one other person and we're managing 18, 18 homes, which is starting to get a little bit more, oh, we're a business now. We're a business yeah. now. Then I hit 44. And I thought, what the heck is going on? Because yeah. everything I'm doing has got to go. It was just a constant restructure re-gut for me when I got into the realistics of it. And to bring back your point on our very short season, we don't get a prep. We do have shoulder, technically speaking, but you don't yeah. get that slight adjustment where it's like, well, well maybe this didn't work. We can change it. No. You're hitting the ground running. And when you're running, you're sprinting and you're not stopping. So it's a lot of adjustment in that direct moment as well, because there is no room for error. There's no room for error. Because when you think about it, if you're lacking behind on a booking, we can make it up on a weekend. We can offset it here. We can lower our pricing, whatever that might be. We don't have that. If we're missing a week here, that's high potential to lose someone, to lose an entire owner. So it is really, you're on screech from heading into it right now. And I will see everyone in September. Walk us through for the listeners, for anyone who doesn't know your destination, doesn't know your market, may or may not understand what we're talking about. Because you, you and I did the pre-chat, but you know the listeners, they don't know that we talked about all this stuff before. So I want to maybe let's get some pre-tax on your market, what your guys' seasonality looks like. And then going into when you're off season out of September, what happens with the business? What happens with the homes? How are you guys? What's the day to day look like post and pre, I guess, or post, during and no oh, shoot, I'm getting a mixed up order. Pre, during, post order of season. There we go. Yes, all, all, yeah. All relevant. Yeah. So we are located in Southern Maine. So we are unique in the aspect of all of our properties are within a seven mile range. So we're very yeah. specific to where we are. I luckily enough have multiple family members inside of the same town that are entrepreneurs as well. You know, as I had mentioned with the campground and I have some other family members that are in the restaurant business, I'm an ice cream business. So entrepreneur just comes through for each one of us and we're all in the same boat, which is you make sure your ducks in a row before May 1st hits, because if they're not in a row by May 1st, you don't have time. You've got to wait until September to fix it. So that pre, I like to tell my team, I do everything in transparency with everyone. It's no joke. It's no joke. We're here easily 50 to 60 hours. There's overtime. It's hot. It's heavy. We have hundreds of people. And if we have to adjust something, we'll take it out, put it in our box, and we're going to reopen it in the fall. It's just mm. like what you're seeing. It, my personal life also aligns with that in the sense of everything goes on hold until you can get where you're going and then you can revisit it. So we have our summer in full swing. Our fall, we transition into some longer term rentals, which we don't do full management for. And then we call it our hibernation season. So we do have some downtime in the sense of the phones ringing, the inquiries and everything else coming in. So we really take that time, honestly, to adjust, look over our listings, give us our cleanup time, fix our fees. We spend that time cleaning up. We start gearing up again in probably January where it starts getting serious. And then as May 1st hits, everything's scheduled for what needs to be on the books. And we had our first check-in today. So, Wow. Well, yeah, for all the listeners, we're recording this episode May 2nd. So I think this episode goes out 
I think end of June. So it's got, we have some production time, but it does, you know, I'm surprised that you one were able to be free today. And so thank you for (laughs) taking your first, your May 1st or May 2nd opportunity to chat, but that's wild from May to September, you're going to have such a extensive run of just full swing. Like to me, because I think a lot of us, we all have holiday bookings, summer, spring break, whether school breaks are there's all sorts of winter holidays mm-hmm. etc but for you guys you don't get much like after this it's summer and after that you don't get storm watchers coming in you don't get like little one-off it's very much long term sometimes you get a little lucky sometimes we get a pop sometimes we'll get if we have two bookings over christmas hallelujah you know what i mean that's where we're at we follow very along the lines of the school schedule So we're Mm. still like, it's lucky that we have our person checking in today, which is in May, and we don't have another one coming in until June. So we follow right in that school schedule. And the other half of it is not only are we a travel destination, I mean, our slogan is vacation land. Mm. So the entirety of the state works like dogs for our summer. And then we all hibernate in the winter. So that also means all of our local summer businesses They are just open this past weekend. So normal attractions that people would come to enjoy are just not there in the winter months. We're a little bit too far out from the mountains for someone to seek this destination. So we transition a lot of our owners as discussed into those winter long-term rentals. That way we can tell them you can leave it open. And so for the homeowners that are okay with not getting rentals and want to use it periodically for themselves in the off season, that works fine. For those that financially rely on the income, we always make suggestions to go through and find your long-term tenant, which opens up a whole other can of worms in the aspect of taking care of the property when summertime hits. 100%. Because you have to make sure that they're out of there before probably what? Obviously, you said May 1st. So they have to be out of there by April. You have the cleanup time, the potential repairs. Who knows what, what else goes into to that? Yeah. And so this particular one where someone's here today, that property is open. So in for our winter ones, the mm-hmm. winter leave on May 31st, and then you have about two weeks for prep. Wow. wow. About two weeks for prep. And we do a lot of that prep with our owners because we like to call ourselves one-stop shop. If you find mm-hmm. a better slogan than that, definitely let me know. We consider ourselves the one-stop shop. So we do a lot of that assistance with the owners to maintain what's inside of the property, to make sure everything's in working order before people get there, having maintenance come through at the start of season, checking our light bulbs, checking all of the filters, smoke detectors, really getting everything prepped to go. But it is a very quick turnaround. And we yeah. do it as much as we do a lot of ourselves. Our homeowners are great in that aspect of too, especially for the ones who have been doing it for so long. They're great about coming in. It's a teamwork makes the dream work. It's a three-way street between us and the owner and the guests. It's a three-way street. Yeah, no, that's so true. I'm kind of curious, though, from the beginning, when you started this, you kind of mentioned 18 homes and then 44 and all mm-hmm. this. So how, like, obviously you got your hands dirty. You said that it's the best way you learn. I'm mm-hmm. curious, what was the biggest challenge, I guess, going from one to five to 10 to 18 to 44 to where you guys are today in the sense of knowing the seasonality i'm sure you had to figure that out or unless maybe there was kind of a already a presumed understanding Mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna these are gonna be our crazy times what was some of the biggest challenges as you scaled expectation management always Mm -hmm. over under what is that under promise over deliver so the Mm -hmm. expectation part when you, much as everyone knows, when you first start your business, you take anything that comes your way. Great. Yes, yeah. I'll take you. Sure, you have specialty here. Yes, you want to do this. Yes, you want to do that. So it's great. You get everyone into the door and then you realize, wait, this actually can't work if we're doing it on this scale with this many people. So now I got to go back and I got to let my people from the beginning know, hey, would love to do this for you. Unfortunately, this isn't how we can't do it anymore. I can't drop a package off. I can't meet your maintenance person. I yeah. can't get a specialized gift just for your particular home and maintain it and restock it and deliver it. Yeah. So that part was really difficult as far as what everyone is expecting. And then the operations piece, definitely. Because when you're at what's a, when you're at 5 to 18, the 44 hit hard. But when you're at the 5 to 18, it's okay. I can pull some trash. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I can do this. It's okay. I can do a grill. Well, 
once you hit at that 44, no, I can't do 44 drills. No, I can't do this. And now we're at the level of 64. So I especially can't do that now. So I think that hardest part has really been setting, I don't want to say setting my foot down, but in a sense of realizing what our business needs and how we can do better for each individual if we stick to what we know here. And that's been, and I've been really adamant with my team about that, where things go wrong when you break out of the norm. I call it stubbing my pinky toe. I don't want to stub my pinky toe anymore. All right, Slick Talkers, now for another dynamic sponsored duo of the podcast. I would love to introduce you to Vintory and Safely. About Vintory, we've had Brooke Fotts on the podcast, who is a founder, multiple times, and him and his team know numbers. They know data and they know marketing. They know how to help property managers just like you scale and grow their business by adding more inventory, aka more homes, into your rental program that drive the bottom line. For all of you listeners that want to learn how to scale and grow your inventory, you can get a free digital copy of Brooks' book called From Zero to 500 Properties in Five Years. And for an added bonus, if you would do a demo of the Vintory platform, you'll get a $50 gift card to Amazon. Now that's a sick deal. And now to touch on our friends at Safely.com. Safely.com helps property managers just like you and I protecting the homes that they manage from structural damage to content damage and of course bodily injury. This means plates, linens, cups, couches, tables, curtains, walls, and of course your guests themselves are protected. And this helps you by scaling your company in order to ensure that you are retaining owners and inventory in your program. If anything is broken or if anyone is hurt, you are able to make a claim through Safely and within three business days you can get in instantly paid out to replace any items and settle any claims that happen on site without having to deduct from your owner's payouts. That's why I call these guys the dynamic sponsor duo. And thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Check out their offers in the show notes and back to the episode. I want to be able to walk evenly and not worry about crunching it into something. And every time I break out of the norm, there goes a dresser I'm bumping into and there's a bed I'm bumping into. So being very strategic in the sense of this is what we're doing. This is the way that we're doing it and we're rolling that way. Yeah. When it comes to the systems and operations, I'm curious, I'm sure you discovered many tools along the way. How do you operate now versus how you operated back then when it comes to, again, like tech and then just like, like you say, not trying to stub your pinky toe anymore. I think a lot of us can, especially if you're a one-stop shop, one-stop shop can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, right? So how do you create that standardization internally and set that again, set the expectation, communicate the expectation, and this can go from the owner side, but also with your guests and your team. Yeah. So funny enough, I mean, I had an iPad when I was in eighth grade. You think I would have not started on <laughs> Google Sheets, but I did just like everyone else. And on a yeah. Google Calendar, you'd think I'd have a little bit there. I'm into my third property management software right now. So that's been huge, finding someone, you know, that has been, does what you need it to do, has a good support, has a good support system, has good help centers, can further the knowledge from everyone there. For the in, I'm huge on the independent learning, I'm huge on the independent yeah. learning. The technology piece was the best introduction I could have done. I mean, we're using Hostfully as our PMS. Breezeway has been, of course, essential as much as other people in our industry know how crucial yeah. that is. The guest communication piece, we have just started, this is our second year introduction with using utilizing text messaging. That's really been huge as well. A huge shift for me was I actually use Hostly Open API and I have okay. it integrated with my monday.com. So my wow. customer relationship management. So everything is updated in real time. So if a lead comes in, we have a strategic way of where it's going. And then we have an updated in real time timeline of who we're working with, who we need to follow up with, who's already been booked. And that's where really the CRM and Monday.com has changed our lives um, because it is a place where you can put all your information, especially these days where there are so many great technology pieces, but it does require, in the sense I always think of it, it's like a multi-step click. We have yeah. all of these great things that are running our business, but it does require us to have four, five, six tabs open at all times to kind of keep it happening. So Monday really allows us to slim that down, 
have an idea where we're putting our timelines of what needs to be done, our executions, our planning, our communication. I mean, I tell them anything you can think of, even if you just a whisper comes across, throw it into Monday because now that allows our everyone to be updated in real time all the time. It gives mm. you a great point of reference when you're going back. You've got date period. And that's been extremely crucial when you're also navigating, I would say, tougher decisions or tougher things. Yeah. Because oftentimes, as we know in business, it doesn't count if you don't have it in writing. Yep. So it's been very crucial in that aspect. So it also, I think, encourages myself and other people to feel more confident in what they're doing because they can locate where they found it, where they kind of needed it. So thankfully, we haven't done too many software switches recently. What's really changed too is utilizing Wheelhouse and Ben Coleman at Revin Research. I mean, that's really just really yeah. taken us off, really taken us yeah. off. We've been with them coming up two years in October and not only is are they great at what they do? Both Andrew and the team at Wheelhouse, as well as Ben and Rebecca at Revin Research. Not only are they fantastic what they do, but they're good people. And yeah. I've really been able to utilize their skill and their knowledge to propel me in the direction that I'm going because we're a nice big collective unit. When one does good, we yeah. all do <laughs> Exactly. No, that's great. I was just kind of curious. So this is just so fascinating for me, especially there's not like... And no, no disrespect to anyone who's listening that I'm not like trying to call the industry old or you old, but there's not a lot of young operators in our space. It's if they are, it's maybe at the scale of one or two properties. They only know about it on Airbnb and being on Airbnb directly, which is nothing wrong with that either. But it's very much like a very entry level type of scenario where you have a full on brand, a full on tech stack. You have API integrations with Monday or hopefully into Monday, but like, this isn't something I feel like a young professional in our space really can like just jump right into. This is where the big 20 plus year legacy companies are doing API integrations and they've built a team and they built the systems. And it just sounds like to me, you've built such an incredible, and maybe not that you've built, it just sounds like you haven't taken a second to hesitate to build and just, just start building resources rather than where I think a lot of people would get more or less stuck and be okay with the chaos. Like, okay, it's just like, it's just three months of chaos. That's, we just got to get through, just get people checked in, make sure the places are clean and that's it. Versus you have legit systems, operations and tech in play. So I'm curious, did you read books outside of the business for dummies? Did you listen to podcasts? Did you research things? Did you go on LinkedIn? Did you connect with any, like, did you ask anyone at these companies, whether it's Hostfully or Wheelhouse or Breezeway, where should they go for, or where should you go for these resources? Like, it just sounds like you've built something so, I don't know, just naturally built, if I'm even phrasing it right, but it just seems, I feel like a lot of people would take a lot longer to get where you are, is basically what i Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. I owe it all to my sweet grandmother, Kathleen Bailey. She, it, that's really where it starts. I recognize the fact that my family being established in this town, in this community, I mean, we've been in this town for over a hundred years. So I yeah. recognize and appreciate that I have been given a head start. And I recognize that in the sense of being able to have our last name comes with the aspect of great service and great hospitality. It's a little bit of a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. I hold myself as well to that standard. So it mm -hmm. starts with my grandmother. She's always been huge encouragement. Um, shout out to Justin Ford before he had started on his journey where he's at now. We were actually lucky enough to have him in for a little while. And he is who introduced us to VRMA. Justin gave us a great insight on really how things kind of get started and kind of spread the wings and fly. And I like to say, at least for myself, my favorite thing ever is to be wrong. Because mm. if I'm wrong, that means I can fix it and I can do it better. Yeah. And so that is what I absolutely love. So I did not hold back with my questions and who they were and where they were at and asking for the agreements and what they have in place and they're standardized. And everyone was willing, more than willing to share with it. And it's yeah. those legacy people who have been in for as long as they have and have that experience that sheds light for the younger people that are coming in, right? And that's 100%. really where I got 
my my push, my drive from is when you go to your first conference, it's mm-hmm. oh my god, it just clicked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that just clicked for me. That's a for whole sure. different level. I'm gonna path over here and I'm gonna move over here and I'm gonna path over here. And it's just like I said, my favorite things to be wrong. It's just the continuing, it's just the adjusting, it's just the keep going. And I simply refuse to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Which maybe it's just a little bit a little bit too far, but hey. No, I think refuse to fail is one a great another great motto. It's not as good as a one stop shop, but still refuse to fail. So it's a good one. I want your kind of opinion on this. And this is something I've really had like a lot of reflection on in the last year is that when you are like, I'm in my twenties still, I'm 28 and I know you're, well, you're a little bit younger. You're 26. I just, last year, I just turned old enough to rent one of my houses. Right. My age limit's 25. Yeah. I was like, man, once we, once you get past 25, you can rent a car and you start doing all this other stuff. It's great. Uh, cheaper car insurance. That's what I, exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking exactly. about. Let's forget all the other aspects that come into it, but let's take a discount where we can get it. Amen. Amen. Especially in this economy, but you get, so like, I don't know, we get exposed to people that have done, like you, you say, I love to be wrong. And I'm, we get exposed to so many people that have been wrong. 10 years prior to being right. So they've had 10 years of wrong or five years or whatever long, right? Of them learning to where they're at at this point today. And I use Steve Trover and Robin Cragen as really good examples of people I admire and look up to in the industry and also outside of from a leadership perspective, from an entrepreneur perspective and having the ability to say like, they've done this for 25, 30 years and they're able to like, look, yeah, they, obviously the industry has changed in that time, but not enough to destroy the fundamentals of the lessons learned along the way. And so being able to be exposed to people that have had that experience, that have done literally everything right and wrong under the sun. Now, people like you and I who are in our 20s, we get to flatten that curve a little bit, that learning curve of, okay, it, may, it took so-and-so 10 years well, they just gave me five years worth of lessons. So I, maybe I can do it in less than 10 years. Right. And so being able to learn from that, but the one I want your perspective on is that our community of younger operators is very small and we're very spread out with that. I've learned that I actually like, yes, I have a business coach. Yes. I have mentors and this has been really helpful, but I actually learn a lot with my peers. People are in the same situation or the same boat as me rather than on the beach, sipping margaritas and pouring martinis. Like having that early retirement or being very heavily resourced and all that stuff. I learn a lot from people who are in it with me. And I'm curious for you, who who's in it with you that you've been able to, to really learn or kind of have that sense of like community. Not that I look up to you, but like I'm linked up right side by side. Right. Right. We're rowing this boat together. Yep. For me, I have just always been keen on, communication. So with not just again in business, but in personal, like I said, if I'm having a problem or if I'm doing good or whatever that might be, I always am sharing, celebrating those wins with everyone that's surrounded by me. But we are actually just a team of three. We're about to be our fourth person. And the three of us are, we're all 26. This is our 26th year. Yep. (laughs) So I really rely on them. And I think in the sense, I mean, I had friends working with me in the first year, friends cleaning toilets. I got friends doing trash. I got friends doing grills. They're all my age. I got, I've got two great friends that are going to get getting married in the fall and they're both coming in and their best mm-hmm. friends and their partners are coming in too. And so I've really been able to get everyone in so that way we can kind of go together. And one yeah. of my key, one of my key people in office is Monique. And Monique is the same age as me, and I was actually her first friend on the playground. I walked up to her on the playground and asked she wanted to be friends in fourth grade. (laughs) And then she is coming into our third summer with us, and she is just such a crucial aspect inside the business. And definitely, my, of course, my mom, too. Always being able to turn to her, always being able to. But you're right. That that difference, that age difference does come like with the technology, with the process, with Mm -hmm. the thinking. And I'm very much, I've been an employee for a long time. So now as a business owner, I try and give it where I can on the aspect of you need to take a day, you need to take a day. 
you go to an appointment, you go to an appointment. You leave for lunch, you leave for lunch. Like it's a very much ebb and flow, yin and yang. And like I said here, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for me. And I need it to work for me. So I need it to work for you. And yeah. so I've been hugely relying on all of my friends and families and my sister's roped in. She was cleaning the house. Now she's friends with that owner that I have. And he actually let her husband and the groomsmen stay there. So everyone I know has been tentacled out. Now it's yeah. cost me some relationships in my life. It's been pretty heavy ones when you're comparing your business to your friendship, especially on age. Especially on age. I... I'm so career driven. I'm so work focused, a little bit of a workaholic. So when you start to welcome and blend those types of things, those lines can get confusing and they got confused. So I learned my hard lessons and now I'm moving on from into the next point and who else comes in. But really just anyone who wants to be a good worker, anyone who wants to come in, tell me what you think, tell me what you know, and then we adjust and go together. What are your... I want to touch on this topic more if you're okay with it on yeah. the the side of, I think it's, you kind of mentioned the employee mindset versus the business owner mindset, which is super, super different. There's a lot of similarities because we end up, I think most of us, unless you get crazy venture capital funding and hire a big team right away and all this other stuff, most of us do every job along the way until that position of CEO becomes true and tried. Yeah. But, you know, with the lines blurring, it, it takes a lot. It takes a very different mindset. It takes a very different amount of hours. There is no nine to five. There is no, let me push this off. Like, again, I, I there's, we all make this comment. We're not curing cancer, right? But when you have a 24 seven business like this, where you have guests that are paying X amount of dollars for the week or the weekend or whatever their trip is, there's, there, there's a lot at stake because you have, again, multiple stakeholders kind of putting pressure from the team to the guests to the owner. So with you learning these hard lessons of lines blurring, where, I guess, there's not really a question, but the question of priority, do you kind of look at it in the sense of, like, I'm willing to sacrifice this short-term failure or a short-term bummer where it's not going to work out, I'm not going to be able to have this personal life or whatever the relationship might be, for the longer term success? Or is it more of, I guess, what drives you so hard to make you want to just go that that fast, that speed? And because there are people that have a business and mm-hmm. unplug and they only work nine to five and they don't do the extra work it takes to go further or faster. So I'm yep. just kind of curious on with you with that personal life aspect and balancing that and kind of yep. creating work life harmony or life harmony in general. What's that? Yeah. What drives you? I haven't found my harmony yet. <laughs> I haven't really found my harmony yet. But, you know, in the first three and a half years, I didn't take a paycheck. So that was really, I was emotionally involved into it to the heaviest point. Yeah. It wasn't that I was getting money from it, but it's from, it was my brain. Is I'm giving it my soul, my being, my entity, and my best effort. And then when it's still not enough, that part, that part kind of shakes you a little bit more. And then stars you, as the time goes on, it's the priority piece of it. It's a priority piece, like no else. And you don't have to go back to do accounting from 6 p.m. till 12 a.m. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can step away a little bit at a different time. Now, if I did not have self-control or I did not have discipline, it, it wouldn't get done because as being a business owner, at the end of the day, if that phone is ringing, it's emergency, then there you are. It's very much with me being as emotionally attached to it as I am as well and being the face of the company and being a Bailey and representing ourselves. It's very much like I am giving this my absolute all. Now, on a personal note, I'm really driving for early retirement <laughs> is where I'm at is yeah. I can sacrifice some of this time if I can get it back at a later. Now, there's no guarantee and life can change and things like that. So that piece has started to sink in a little bit more where it's okay if I pop over to Mexico for a weekend with some friends. It's okay if I go on a plane. Nothing's going to sink, crash, or burn without me there because now I have great people in place. And before, it's just to that point where you're not getting paid, you're overworked, you're underappreciated, and I just had to say, 
reevaluate, rethink, restructure, because it's the responsibility piece isn't going to change, but the mindset is going to change. Mm. And that took a lot. Like I didn't start feeling great about it, honestly, until about a year ago, like even mm. maybe even less than that to the point where I was like, I got a real business here. It got yeah. to that point where it's like, I've got something good here and it's something mm. good that I want to cherish. And that adjustment was very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's you start to see the fruit. It becomes it, like it doesn't even have to be a lot of fruit. It's just like you see the tree and it has one orange. You're like, thank God. All right. All right. <laughs> thank God. All right. It wasn't just me putting a bunch of water and soil and all this other stuff and trimming and care into it for nothing for it just to be a tree without fruit. So maybe make an analogy there. But no, I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's is super crucial. Well, Allison, I'm excited because unintentionally this conversation has ended up to the perfect point in a transition where i told you about this before recording that the guests before you without knowing who you are or who you are i got to ask a question and this question actually i'm loving that this is all naturally like happening because we're not planning any of this and it just becomes organic but the question and it's from mike shogren with the str secrets podcast he's also got 101 properties from short-term rental homes to three boutique hotels. So it's got a good extensive portfolio. His question for you, without me telling him who you were again, was this one really important thing. What is the one thing that in your professional life or your business that you know you should be doing that you're not doing and why? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, yep. so personal and professional can be either. One yep. thing I should be doing that I'm not. Oof. It's a self-reflector for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like oh, I think I know the answer, but do I want to share that? One yeah. thing that I'm doing and not. Yeah, I like that. If any of my owners hear this, I apologize. In my <laughs> business sense. I do feel we carry a lot of the financial aspect on the owner behalf. And that's that's for the fees and the bookings and the shampoos and conditioners and trash bags and toilet paper, paper towels, the whole nine yards. We're taking care of that. Just just recently I started adding the non-boarding fee. But one thing I should be doing more is really spreading that out so much because it's fine on a couple, but when you start getting at a larger scale that number the zeros start adding on to the end of it. So mm -hmm. I think one thing I could be doing differently is probably making more owner charges. And if it's something that doesn't work for them, then they'll let, you know, they'll let you know. And there, it gives you, in that sense, I would like to think it would give me a little bit more room for negotiation if that's something that I needed. But one thing that we do, that is one thing we need to step away from a little bit more is taking on mm -hmm. all of that financial responsibility in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I only got 12 I, weeks to make it the rest of the year. <laughs> hey, just put it in the box, revisit it in the fall, and <laughs> there you go. That's what you got to do. It makes sense. What you got to do. I love it. Well, without knowing who's next, without mm -hmm. me telling you who the next person is, what's your question for them? It could be anything related, personal, professional, business, non-business, industry, non-industry. Yeah. So one that I have is whenever you're feeling down or whenever you're feeling like there's just something you could be doing better, what is one compliment or one moment that resonates with you every time you keep pushing? What's that one thing that reminds you of, yeah, I can really do this? And more on the outside sense where someone gets to turn that light and shine it on you. And when you're in that moment of not really knowing what direction or feeling down, you feel that light kind of being shined back onto you when it brings you back into that moment of someone putting you up a little bit more. It's mm, good. That's really good. Well, Allison, no I colleagues. do this. <laughs> I love it. I always make sure we include all the links, social media, website, all that stuff. But if you had one in particular that anyone who's listened to this episode was like, I want to connect with Allison or I want to learn more or whatever it might be, what's the one link specifically you would want them to click? Yeah. So one link specifically, can you put my email on there? 
Oh, yeah. We can do that. Perfect. Email. Yeah. Email is best option for me. Yeah. Email is best option for me. And I welcome, I welcome all. I welcome all. And I also, if anyone has any good ones for me you want to share, I also take that too. (laughs) You got it. Well, I love it. This is super good. It's been really fun. I was glad that we got introduced to each other and we had that pre-chat. And I was like, yeah, I feel like you were just a great fit for the podcast. And I'm glad that we did this. So thank you so much, one, for sharing your story, sharing your insights, your takeaways, your lessons learned, all the above. And I, yeah, I just am excited to watch and connect with you after your season's done. I'll wait to reach out yep. after September. Cause yeah, because it will matter. Because even if yeah. you try, you won't, we won't get there. But yeah, and thought we are. Exactly. Well, thank this you so much for being on the show. This has been such a pleasure too. Yeah. I really appreciate this and taking the time. And as I had mentioned to you, this is my first time kind of doing something like this. And you've made me feel very comfortable. Felt like I could talk to a brick wall, which that is something <laughs> that I can always do as well. And so this has been really great. And I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to meet you in person at maybe uh, the next conference or somewhere along the lines. So we can just talk a little bit more about life and what this industry does for us. Oh, yeah. Well, if you're at BRMA in Orlando, I'll be there. So let's make okay. sure we meet up at one of the happy hours or something like that. It's either that or Galaxy's Edge because you're going to find me there 24-7. <laughs> Deal, because my nieces have a pass. So I'm going to steal their pass and head over to that. They have how many, how many nieces you got? Because I was looking for oh, this. I got, I, got like, I got four in Orlando, so we might be able to just steal their passes and tell them that they're SOL for a couple of days. We could try just putting shoes on our knees and walking in, getting a little bit shorter. That tricks our age naturally right there. Exactly. I'm looking forward to stealing your niece's (laughs) Disney passes. That's great. Yes. I love it. Well, for all you slick talkers out there that are watching, listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Grab the link or the email in the show notes so that way you can contact Allison and reach out and do all the connecting. And if you catch us at Galaxy's Edge, Stealing my niece's Disney passes. And if my nieces are listening, you can't do anything about it. There's nothing that you can do to stop me. So it's going to happen. And (laughs) thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you all again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.